You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadham. And once again, we are broadcasting this morning from St. Lambert Parish in, yes, sunny Sioux Falls. There's a window here. I hope everywhere is as sunny and beautiful as it is in Sioux Falls today. I just, the birds were singing. Amen. Uh, the what was I just gonna? I don't know. What you're gonna say. I was I was you gonna say. I, I thought there was another expression that was gonna come to my mind. The, the birds are the sun is the sun, sun is shining. Is shining the, the birds, birds are singing. singing. There we it's go. Beautiful. There we go. So we are grateful once again to have you join us. Uh, if you were able to be with us, listening or watching for the mass, so grateful to Father Sean Hagerty um, and Deacon Thomas Rausch here at Saint Lambert Parish for offering the mass for us. Uh, before we get into further into the show, uh, if you didn't know, you can listen to a Real Presence Live. And any of the daily programs you hear on Real Presence Radio via the app. Just go to the app store on your phone and search for Real Presence Radio. Once you download the app, Real Presence Radio is accessible anywhere you are at any time. So if you don't have the RPR app yet, go to your app store now. Well, actually, after Emily and I are done talking. After. <laughs> after. after. Or, or if you need to get out of your car... That would be a great, and you don't want to miss anything. Yes. Download the app now so yes. that you can this, yeah, continue exactly. listening. So download it, listen. To as we move into our first interview of the day. I am so excited about this. We have Mike Farrell on the line with us. Mike, are you with us? I am here. Well, hello, Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Mike, you are the, um, you work for the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty College, and we want to talk this morning to you a little bit about what it means to be a leader, especially kind of in the current crisis of the world. So um, I, I want to jump right in because we don't have a ton of time with you, and I know that you're going to have so much good stuff to offer us. So first of all, I've been thinking a lot about people that are leading businesses right now, maybe businesses that need have had been closed down, organizations. Um, during this pandemic. Um, what do you think are things that we can anticipate and learn kind of approaching this, uh, especially in light of maybe like 2008, the financial crisis of 2008? Right. Well, you know, Emily, I, uh, I worked in the financial services, still do work in the financial services, but worked in the financial services area extensively back in 2008 when we went through that crisis. Uh, I think the the morning the, the morning of September fifteenth when that broke, I think I had uh, thirty two community banks, seventeen brokerage companies, and uh, about eighty financial advisors that I worked with as a coach and consultant. And so, needless to say, my phone blew up that morning. And and uh, you know, if I look back and really kind of reflect on what happened during that crisis versus what's going on today, there certainly are some similarities. Uh, however, I think the other important piece of this is, uh, and I, I said this in an interview a couple of weeks ago, we're really in, in kind of uncharted territory here because uh, unless we're about 85 years old, uh, we haven't been through anything <laughs> like this. I think the closest right. you can compare to probably World War II uh, and even back to 1918, you know, before that. So, But if I look back to, to 2008, there were some similarities there. Number one, you know, obviously we had a huge market crash. Uh, the economy went in the tank. Uh, the uh, unemployment dropped significantly. Uh, there are a lot of things that happened from an economic standpoint uh, in 2008 that uh, are happening today. And I think that, that's a real challenge for people. Now, what we didn't have in 2008 that we have today is obviously the fact that 
you know, the health piece of this, where whole segments of society are being shut down and closed and, and that kind of thing. So I think, if, you know, if we're looking at, at that in context of 2008, uh, a couple of things that I think we should anticipate as we as we look out and what's going to happen going forward, you know, from now on. First off, I think it's important that, that as a business leader, business owner, or, or someone that leads an organization, I think it's really important that you understand that this isn't going to end quickly. Uh, I know there's a whole lot of talk out there, you know, from all kinds of places saying, well, we just need to flip the switch and turn things back on. And, and that's not really how this is going to work. I, I think it's going to come back on gradually. I think even if you look back to 2008, it was a good year and a half before things really started to, to fire on all cylinders again uh, after that, uh, that crisis. So I think that's number one is, is we have to be patient. We have to really look at, at, at our businesses and our organizations from a standpoint of uh, what can we do uh, to make sure that we understand that this is going to take a little while to you know, to, to heal itself. I think the next the next thing, too, is that as I look back in 2008 with those businesses that I worked with, uh, you know, I saw some, uh, some things that they did, especially the ones that survived and thrived during that time. There were some things that they did that others didn't. And I think one of the biggest things is that there was a focus on, I'll call it a focus on stakeholders versus shareholders. In other words, they were focused on their on the people that were involved with their businesses and organizations, not so much on profit. And and that's really important because I think if you look at what we you know what we do today, especially down at the Benedictine Leadership Institute, the whole idea of leading uh, for shareholder for stakeholders versus shareholders is a really important piece of that. And those businesses that I saw back in 2008 that focused on that. Uh, came out of things very well, and in fact, many of them came out of things even better than than where they'd been prior to that. And I think in order to do that, the leaders of the businesses and organizations really have to build uh, an area or build a, a, a philosophy of trust and cooperation. Uh, they really need to understand that they're all in it together. It's not just the business owner. It's everybody that works for them. It's their vendors. It's their customers. It's everybody is in this together, and we have to really look at how do we build an environment of trust and cooperation so that people can work through this. Mike, um, just flowing from that, so a lot of a lot of that that wisdom and those insights. I think somebody could be listening saying, "Well, I, so anybody of any religious persuasion could um, embrace, recognize the truth, the validity, the value of those insights." Thinking about Catholic social teaching, then, how can that um, offer additional help to guide leaders through the, the crisis that we're facing now with the pandemic in light of everything you just shared that we learned from um, going through something similar in 2008? Right, right. You know, we're, we're very blessed as Catholics because we have, a, we have sort of a blueprint that can, can help us through this, and it's called Catholic social teaching. And, and I think there's two principles in Catholic social teaching that are uh, extremely important that we understand, and that's obviously the first one is the dignity of the person. Uh, we're made in the image of God, and I think as we look at, again, getting back to this whole idea of stakeholder versus shareholder, mm-hmm. understanding that we're all in the image of God and that we all have a dignity, and part of that dignity is the ability to, to work. And, uh, you know, there are certain certainly... 
decisions that have to be made uh, in businesses to say, you know, we've got to cut down, we've got to lay off, we've got to furlough, whatever they're calling it. Uh, but I think if, if we can step back as business leaders and say, is there a way that we can figure out, you know, how this is going to work together uh, and, and focusing on the dignity of that person versus profit, I think is, is, is first off. That's the first principle. I think the other, the other principle from Catholic social teaching that really can help us is, is the whole idea of common good. And you know, when we look at common good, and there's a great uh, document out there called The Vocation of the Business Leader mm-hmm. uh, that was put out by uh, the Pontifical Institute and, and the University of St. Thomas. And, and in there, they talk about the common good, but they talk about the common good in three different ways. Number one, are we creating what's called good goods? Are they are we creating goods and services uh, that are of value uh, that make people's lives better? The second piece is good work. Are we providing opportunities uh, for people to have good work, meaningful work that really allows them uh, to to embrace the personhood that they are? Uh, and then I think that the last piece is good wealth, and and that really means are we sharing our resources? And especially in a time like now. Uh, where some have been very fortunate to uh, to be able to go through this from a standpoint of resources versus those that don't, I think that's uh, that's an important piece. Are we sharing resources and helping those out that that can't uh, get through this thing immediately? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Royal Presence Radio. I'm Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadham. And we're broadcasting this morning from St. Lambert Parish, talking right now with Mike Farrell of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota. So, Mike, flowing from that, so lessons learned from 2008, um, a couple of key principles that you just spoke to from Catholic social teaching, the dignity of the human person, and the, the reality of the common good. What... Um, as we look at how we're acting right now, the the, the mm-hmm. decisions that leaders are making right now, mm-hmm. um, how will this impact us in the future once the pandemic does pass? As you said earlier, you know we have to be patient. You know, it's we can't just flip the switch tomorrow. Um, we have to be right. patient and prudent. But once it does pass, um, things begin to open up again. How does what we are doing now impact the future? And, and I think really the. When you think about that, Chris, uh, it really, as, as I look back on 2008 and, and the various uh, businesses that I worked with, uh, you know, one of the things that really came to the front of uh, how those that survived and thrived was the whole idea of purpose. Uh, why do you exist? Why do you do what you do? And I think if you look at your business, and I'm going to give you an example of this in a minute here, but... If you look at your business from a standpoint of why do I exist versus, you know, I exist to make money or make profit or whatever the case may be, I think that's the starting point. That's really, if I'm looking at that, that's really, okay, that, that's where I start from. And then I start looking at how do I, how do I create strategy around that? And, you know, one of, the, one of the opportunities, I think, that a crisis like this allows us to do is to and, and, and forces us to do is to make decisions based on alternative strategies. And let me use the example. We all know what's going on with, with restaurants today. Right. Uh, obviously, most of them have been shut down. Uh, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm in a restaurant 
And if I look at the reason that I created that restaurant, the purpose of that restaurant was to provide a place and experience for people to come together and break bread, uh, whether that's families or groups of folks or whatever, and provide great food and great service. That's my why. That's my purpose. Okay. If that's the case, in this particular case, and you're seeing a lot of restaurants doing this now, uh, where they did not have on their menus before, did not even have the opportunities before, to create family meals where you can go in and take it out. That's an alternative strategy. That's like it's looking at okay, how do we how do we take you know obviously this is a, a a horrible situation, but how do we try and take this and create another strategy that allows us to to continue our purpose, continue our our why we do things. We're still providing that experience. We're just not doing it in our dining room. And so it allows us to also create an alternative revenue source. And I think that's a that's a, a, a great way to think about any business is what else can we do that's an alternative method that's going to allow us to keep the doors open to, you know, hopefully employ some people to continue to uh, you know, generate some revenue. You don't know it's not going to be as much revenue as we did, you know, while we had people coming into the place. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great way to think about business strategy uh, from a standpoint of how do we survive this crisis. And the beauty of that is that once we get through the crisis and things start to fire up again, you've now got another strategy that you can put into place uh, in your business that is a parallel strategy that works whether you're in a crisis or not in a crisis. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity for businesses to really step back and understand why do we exist, what is our purpose, uh, and based on that, what are some alternative strategies that we can look at in order to uh, keep things moving forward and then thrive once things open up. And talk about a silver lining. I, I'm so grateful and appreciative of how uh, how you're looking at that, because I think it offers a real message of hope for those that are feeling uh, perhaps a bit despairing about how are we going to get in, how are we going to get ourselves out of this or, or whatever it might be. Uh, can we can we dive into that a bit more? What other silver linings are you seeing? What other uh, silver linings do you think that this is offering for, for not only businesses, but perhaps for families and for, um, you know, the various organizations, nonprofits even? What are some other silver linings that you're seeing? Well, I, you know, Emily, I think that's it's a great point. I think that, you know, not only from a business perspective, but from a, a, a person perspective, you know, we're seeing things and, and, you know, you can get on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. We're seeing these things day in and day out of all of these, you know, and in, in, I think probably over in, in the neighborhood over there by uh, St. Lambert's, we certainly have it, have it over here in the neighborhood by Christ the King, the, <laughs> the bear hunt thing and people getting out and yes. looking yep. for bears and windows and you know what's amazing to me is the number of families that i see out walking together later in the afternoons or the evenings yep uh we never saw that before and so there is things that are happening within this crisis that are bringing people together that are bringing families together uh you know the the posts that i've seen on facebook of families having celebrating the mass in front of their tv in the living room on a Sunday morning, or, you know, some of the Easter and the Holy Week things that went on. So I think those are things that are really bringing us together as people, as Catholics, to really say, okay, maybe it's time that we 
focus on each other, that we focus on the good that we do versus all of this other stuff that maybe we've been focused on, you know, prior to this crisis happening. I don't think anybody, you know, the, the interesting thing about this crisis is nobody saw this coming. Uh, you know, if, if you go back prior to, to mid-January, there was absolutely no discussion about it at all. The economy was humming along at a pretty good clip. Uh, everybody was fairly positive, you know, different than 2008. In 2008, right. we saw it coming. Now, we maybe didn't see it coming to the, to the point that it did, but for a year and a half prior to 2008, you could see some of the things happening. So it wasn't a huge surprise when, when things broke loose. This one has been a complete surprise, and I think what it's allowed us to do is to bring people together uh, and really look at, okay, let's look at the positive out of this. How do we really uh, bring people together to, to keep families together and, and let them interact and, and that kind of thing? And I, I think those are some of the silver linings that you're seeing happen now. And, and in organizations, I think you'll see the same thing. You know, it's been amazing to me the outpouring of support businesses and organizations from people um, because of, of what's going on, you know, with the economic situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, earlier you had mentioned a resource from the Pontifical Institute and St. Thomas regarding uh, business leadership. Any other resources that come to your mind for listeners that might be saying, I want more of this, this is, you know, very helpful. Any other resources regarding Catholic social teaching, business and leadership? <clears throat> Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's some, some great stuff out there. Uh, you know, when we talk about the common good and, and that, there's a great book out there called Business for the Common Good uh, by Ken Wong and Scott Ray. Uh, that's a, a, a wonderful book that talks about, you know, how business and the common good interact and looks at markets and those kinds of things. Certainly the vocation of the business leader is a, is a, it's a short read. It's only, you know, 20-some pages, I think. And... Uh, uh, it really talks about Catholic social teaching. Um, I, I'll also put a put a shameless plug in for my new book. My new book called The Sweet Spot, where business strategy, positive psychology, and faith principles converge, mm. uh, will be out here uh, in May, and uh, certainly that'll be a resource that folks can use. And uh, if they go visit my uh, Facebook page called Principle Flourishing, I think you're actually even going to offer some, some codes where they can download the book and get it for free and that kind of thing. So um, it, uh, there's a lot of great resources out there. I think the other thing beyond just a, a resource for uh, something to read or to study is make sure that you're talking to other folks that are going through these things, whether it's other business leaders, other organizational leaders, um, even coaches and consultants and those kinds of things. Talk to those folks. You know, make sure that uh, uh, make sure that you're getting somebody to bounce ideas off of, because I think that's really important. You can't be in a vacuum and try and do this by yourself. You need somebody to bounce ideas off of, and if you can't find anybody, give me a call. I'm more than happy to have a conversation mm. with you. Mm. Mike, we've just got a few minutes left. Um, wonder if there's anything else that you'd like to add. I, I, I guess I would also wonder uh, another example from you personally as a business leader. You mentioned earlier that you work in finance. Any other examples of how, for you personally, that integration of faith with business um, has, has made a real impact on your own life and your own work? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I really think that, uh, and I talk about this in, in my book, I, I really look back to that time after the, the financial crisis from 2008 to about 2010 or 11. Uh, you know, I was really in, in what I would call reactive mode. Uh, I really, you know, I was, I had all of these clients that I was working with trying to help them get through this. While I had this uncertainty in the back of my mind, mm. am I even going to have a business left when this is all over with? And, you know, so I was dealing with both of those situations. And I think as I look back, uh, I had sort of lost my faith at that point. I had sort of lost my way and really was so focused on business that I, that I didn't really focus on what I really needed to focus on, which was my faith and, and letting God's will work through my life and work through my work uh, so that I was in a place where I needed to be not only for myself, my family, but also for, you know, my, my clients. And, and so really going back and looking at, at how I was able to bring that back into my life, which was obviously a, a faith journey in and of itself, but it, it, it really helped me ground myself. It really helped me understand that, you know, this isn't all about me. There's a bigger picture here. Uh, and that bigger picture, I need to be open to, I need to listen to God, and I need to really understand what is it that He wants me to do uh, with the talents and the, and the abilities that I have. Mm. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. You are an absolute uh, uh, outpouring of wisdom and truth, and, and I think especially guidance. Is there a place that people can find you if they're listening and want to follow up on any portion of this conversation? Uh, what's a good place to find you? Do you have a website? Yep, I've got a website called principledflourishing.com. And Principled you can also, Flourishing. My Facebook, my Facebook page is also Principled Flourishing. And uh, then uh, uh, if they want to have a direct conversation with me, I'm more than happy to answer a call. My number is 605-954-4399. Awesome. And, uh, more than happy to talk to folks. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. We appreciate you having on. Thanks, having Mike. You on. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. You too. God bless you. Wow, that was a jam-packed yeah, awesome. conversation. Um, so, yeah, I think especially for, for business <coughs> leaders, but even me as uh, as a mom, right. uh, looking at my family, I think there was just so much good in that. Um, up next, it is the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We're going to be bringing your specific intentions to Jesus through Our Lady. Uh, plus, continue to pray for all of those that are affected by the coronavirus. So stay with us. We have another great hour of Real Presence Live yet to come. <laughs> 